Dear friends, I'm Shanice J. Thank you so much for tuning in to Love Her Will, the new voice of willpower. Today, I have an expert here to help us navigate the discussion on mental health challenges and solutions. I'm so honored to introduce Mrs. Lauren Jones. Hey, Lauren. Hey, <laughs> Lauren is a licensed clinical social worker and a director of a nonprofit, Propel Production Center. Propel Production Center specializes in art-based mental health programs. They promote health, they promote social, emotional, and behavioral wellness and connection. Lauren believes that mental health education is the missing piece and expressive arts is the glue in what the African-American community needs for individuals to be truly well, successful, and to thrive. That's my favorite word, thrive. So she also believes that there is no health without mental health. Thank you so much, Lauren, for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And those glasses are just so cute. Thank you. Because I, I know you come with the glasses, girl. girl. I love yours. Those are beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Every one of us is worthy. Every one of us is worthy. And I love that wall back there. That, I love that. Is that like a vision wall or what, what does that say? Well, it says the remix up at the top, which is what um, the, the name of our teletherapy practice is. But it's also the name of our smash room that we started. And then the art pictures are either things that I've done or the one at the top a street performer has done. So just really artsy. I wanted to incorporate art yes, within my love it. I love it. It's beautiful. Yes. And we'll um, get into what all you offer at Propel Production Center. Um, I've definitely been on your website. You guys, they are doing amazing things in the community. So we'll talk about that soon. So what um, encouraged you to get into the, this profession? Have you yourself battled with mental health? So honestly, I think I would have to credit my parents for getting me into the profession because they were therapeutic foster parents when I was growing up and when my brother was growing up. So we grew up with foster siblings and by being exposed to child welfare from that angle, I was able to see what social workers do, what it feels like to be not integrated with the system, but kind of a part of the system to a certain extent. And I also went to a Christian high school and that high school allowed me to go on missions trips. So I got to go to Cape Town, South Africa. I got to go to Mexico. So I kind of got exposure of helping, but at the same time, I also got exposed to kind of barriers and limits okay. to being able to help. So although I was in positions to create change, I didn't have any tools or resources to do any type of long-term impactful change which made me pursue social work in college so college winston-salem state university tobacco chew tobacco (laughs) if you don't know it then too bad (laughs) so i um have to credit my childhood i had to credit my parents for being amazing foster parents and letting me get that exposure early on Mm -hmm. 
And you asked a second question about, have I experienced mental health? Heck yeah. Um, honestly, I think that we all have experienced mental health, just like we all experience physical health. You know, it's on a spectrum. Right. So speaking physically, there's optimum physical health, but then there is a spectrum of physical illness. Yeah. Mental health. So there's optimum mental health, but then there's a spectrum that can lead to mental illness. Yeah. But basic stuff like stress or sadness or nervousness, um, I've been impacted by all of those things. And during 2020, I probably experienced symptoms of depression, symptoms of um, PTSD, because I was pregnant my very first time being pregnant yeah. and I also had a miscarriage in 2020. So that rocks my world. Yeah. yeah. I had to begin therapy for myself. So yes, even therapists need therapists. Right. Need support. So yes, I've experienced mental health. Um, I've experienced symptoms, but we all experience symptoms of mental health challenges and obstacles. Yeah, um, that is, I never heard it explained that way. Um, and that, that that makes more sense. Because when we think about mental health, at least for me, I think automatically depression, suicidal thoughts, I always think to the extreme. But I never thought about it on a smaller scale of, well, sadness, you know, and then also grieving, um, mm -hmm. and or being upset, or, you know, just kind of um, showing any kind of emotional change is mental health so I never seen it never thought about it on that type of scale and you have my condolences on um losing your child um I'm, I'm sorry I can't can't even imagine my sister experienced the same thing so you have my condolences on that and um like you said therapy is important and so I think one thing is recognizing that you need it is 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 vital like I need to know that I need it Definitely, definitely. So anytime that we experience any type of stress, any type of anxiousness, any type of sadness or frustration, and it gets to a point where it impacts our daily functioning or it impacts our relationships, it yeah. impacts work. Yeah. We're incorporating <laughs> some type of treatment to help regulate us, help support us um, return to normal. And treatment can look like whatever treatment looks like for you but I know that you're going to ask we're going to get into that a yeah bit. Okay. but yes everybody has mental health and we yeah. all experience a fluctuation of our mental health right I love that do you believe that I know you said that we all do different things for our mental health do you believe that people have to be medicated in order to overcome it and I guess now thinking of it on a smaller scale like I never thought about I don't need to be medicated just because I'm frustrated. But for someone who deals with depression um, or, you know, grieves from a traumatic event, do you think um, medication is needed or necessary? So I think that there's a time and a place for a lot of different levels of treatment. Mm -hmm. so, and, I'll, and I always try to give physical examples to help explain my mental health example. So say, for example, on the physical health side, you have a cough. Mm. right yeah and you're, you have this cough and you're you have several options to deal with this cough one you could take medication right. to treat cough, you know to reduce that symptom or you can do something else like drink tea 
Right. To eliminate the cough. Or you can do something like, you know what, I'm just going to let it right out. It's just a cough. I'll be okay. Yeah. So that's that, an awesome way to describe that. Because even with the mental health, my personally, I've been like, oh, I'm just going to let it right out. I'll be better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And it really, it, and honestly, it, there's so many different factors that it just depends. Mm-hmm. But when we do talk about medication as an option, it's addressing a specific symptom. So there are medications for cough. Mm-hmm. So although we are using medication in this example, we also need to look at underlining issues to see what caused this cough? Why are we coughing now? What's going on? Is it something within our environment? You know, is it dusty? Yeah. <laughs> something within your right. system? Like, are you yeah. getting is this the flu? Is this COVID? We don't know. And same with mental health. So if you're experiencing sadness mm-hmm. and it's impacting daily functioning, you do have options. One, yes, you can go to a doctor, a mental health professional, or a doctor that can prescribe medication for you for your sadness to address that symptom. Right. Or you can decide, you know what, let me do something else. Let me engage in wellness activities like exercise or swimming. Right. Well, let, me, let me talk it out. Let me go talk to a professional. Let me talk to my support system. Or you can say, you know what, I'm sad. I'm just going to go to sleep. And right. <laughs> okay. So there's so many different things. Now, I will say that there are certain diagnoses that do require some treatment in addition to other things. Like you might need to go to therapy plus okay. have medication management to support we don't ever want to just make people choose one thing right with mental health we want to give a bunch of people a lot of different tools and strategies to to support them so medication is one right you know and it's preference it's preferential it depends on what's going on it depends on are we dealing with specific symptoms Mm -hmm. that want to be minimized right it it depends yeah and a proven thing Right there, and physical health. Yeah, that's true, and it also depends on, like you said, the severity of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think a little bit of sadness is normal for someone to experience. You know, with, with something's going on, like you said, why are you feeling sad? Are you just sad just because? So you have to get to the root of the problem. You know, what, what, why are you feeling this way? Um, I know I journal sometimes to help me to discover. You know, why am I feeling this way? You know, why all of a sudden did I wake up and not want to do anything today? You know, yeah. when I was um, when I was battling breast cancer, I experienced depression, um, suicidal thoughts, and even a little PTSD, um, a fear of just it coming back. Like one time, I was taking a shower, washing my hair, and I had natural shedding for my hair. You know, how you wash your hair, you got the little dead ends that come out, and I just panic and bust out crying because I just flash back to the moment of when my mom was combing my hair and like my hair was coming out in clumps from the mm-hmm. chemotherapy. And so I just had like a moment where I was just like, and I never talked to anyone about it. I never went to therapy or anything like that. So do, in your opinion, do you find that people who experience traumatic events are more likely to develop, I guess, the more severe health, mental health issues? That's tough. Yeah. I, I hate for the for my short answer to be it depends and I even jotted I really wanted to talk about this question so I jotted down some things. Yeah. But um just to start off trauma when I'm talking about trauma we're talking about any type of experience 
that causes some type of psychological duress mm -hmm. that exceeds your ability to cope because being I just want to be clear that a lot of us experience traumatic events yeah and a lot of us experience triggers yes sometimes we do have the resiliency and the fortitude and the skills to be like okay it rock it's rocking my world yeah but I'm okay I'm able to move on but then there are some traumatic events that are just mm -mm, this is exceeding like yeah my capacity I was not not ready for this it's rocking my world and I cannot function at this moment and resiliency is a is a factor but if that traumatic event is chronic versus a one and done instance okay and if the traumatic event is extremely severe and that varies for different people for example um medical diagnosis diagnosis which you talked about mm -hmm. I experienced that this year with my miscarriage yeah. also natural disasters can be a traumatic event you know like a, a fire like if your house burned down right. a flooding and it destroyed everything that you once knew right but like the death of a loved one or the death of a relationship or the ending of something can be extremely traumatic right Social injustice, being black right. in America. That's stressful, right. <laughs> if we're being honest. Yeah. So the more often we're exposed to traumatic mm -hmm. instances, if this traumatic instance is chronic, we are at a higher risk to experience mental health impact. You know, so you mentioned breast cancer. That's not a one and that's not a one day. Yeah thing that's right. a long-term experience so rightfully so for you being exposed to chronic trauma mm -hmm. it's gonna rock you yeah um, for instances like if someone was homeless or if someone was assaulted physically right it's not one and done instances right but, but even like if you're a a a student and you fail a class that's pretty traumatic so there's a lot of different levels to trauma but it makes you're more prone like your risk factor and the same with physical health so if you are overweight that is a risk factor for a lot of long-term things like right. diabetes or high cholesterol or other instances so being exposed with trauma that does put you at, at risk that doesn't mean you're automatically right but your the risk is higher yeah wow yeah that makes even more sense um and i think the more you are exposed to also can kind of increase your ability to handle more things mm -hmm. um, if and only if you're if you're processing everything i'll say that because sometimes we can be overloaded with so much to where, to where we'll just have a mental breakdown. Um, mm -hmm. I can't, you know, this happened, you know, like 2020, we're dealing with isolation. Um, and then we deal with, like, my breast cancer came back this year in 2020. Last year, I mean, in 2020, you know, you lost a child in 2020. It's just more, one thing after the other. But if we're not processing what we're going through, and then that can just, you know, add up. And then, then, and then all of a sudden we're breaking down. We're like, what happened? What, you know, someone just said, Hey, how you doing? And all of a sudden we start crying <laughs> because we've um, overloaded ourselves with so much without actually processing and trying to handle it. So. And 
side of that is if you are constantly exposed to trauma, there are instances where you just kind of go into survival mode and become desensitized. Yes. So I'm thinking about if you live in a low income neighborhood and there's a lot of poverty or there's a lot of gun violence, mm -hmm. the, the likelihood of a gun going off outside, you're probably not going to jump up right. and take cover and be like, oh my gosh, we got to get out of here. It's probably just a typical, a typical day yeah. versus someone who has not been exposed to that trauma, that tramp, that trauma day in and day out. If they hear guns, they're like, oh my gosh, oh right. my gosh. <laughs> like, everybody get under the couch. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because if I hear a gunshot, I'm going to be like, what? Hiding and <laughs> you know, calling 911. So, but yeah, some people might be used to that. You said what? No, I said same here. Yeah. That's not an environment that I'm used to. That would right. be, it's traumatic. Mm -hmm. But some people are desensitized to it versus some of us wouldn't be. Same right. trauma, different experience. Yes. Wow. Well, according to the American Psychiatric Association, depression in Blacks and Hispanics is likely to be more long-lasting. Do you believe that people of, of color have less resources to overcome their mental health issues? I think the African-American and the Latinx community have less resources, period. Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, mental health, yes, food deserts, yes, access to traditional physical health yeah. stuff, access to opportunities, just, just, just systemically, I think that people are of color are at a disadvantage, yeah. and it does impact seeking mental health treatment, but in addition to that, culturally speaking, I don't think African-American or Latinx communities are very supportive of seeking mental health. Yeah. I think that those communities, our communities are very um, religious also. Mm -hmm. And we're one, you know, taking it to the Lord in prayer. Right. Pray, pray about it. Let that spirit yeah. relieve you. Right. Right. You know, exactly. You know, you're tough. You're strong. You're independent. Mm -hmm. You can handle it. Like, shake it off, don't cry. Especially They're women of color, we're taught to do that. Shake it off, don't cry. Just deal with it, keep rolling. Like you said, just go ahead and chuck it and keep going. <laughs> yeah, so not only do, are we denied equal access to the systems, but even if there were systemic equality or equity, we would also have to overcome like cultural stigma and religious stigma in order to run towards treatment. I think that's kind of why I started my business because a lot of people weren't showing up to mental health clinics that looks like you and me. Yes. So trying a different approach to mental health was really important. And then constantly talking about it. Right. About that this is a problem. Right. And the Lord has blessed us with professionals. Right. To exactly. Yeah, and that's what we have to know that, you know, in our in, as far as the religion aspect, that God places people in our lives to help us. He places resources there to help us. And and that's what we need to recognize. It's not, yes, we're supposed to have faith and overcome troubles and trials and give it up to the Lord, but we still are supposed to be wise enough to seek help when we need it. So, yeah. but like you said, we, the community has that stigma of, 
that going to seek help or go to going to a therapist is you're crazy, you know, or, you know, why are you doing that? Or, you must be crazy or loony or you trying to get a disability check and say that you're crazy. <laughs> so we, we definitely have that stigma in our community. It's but, really important. And well, one, we don't have education. Mm-hmm. And it's important to understand that mental health involves everything you think everything you feel, everything you do. So there's no choices that you make. There's no actions or decisions that you do. There's no relationships that you have that are not impacted by mental health. So really understanding that mental health is at your core of functioning. Mm. Hopefully that'll begin shifting some minds towards, you know what, let me go get my mental health physical. Right. Like I do my, let me do my eye exam. Let me do my, my physical exam. Let me do my therapy check-in. Yeah, Just, I like that. Yeah, mental health, physical. Uh, we definitely, everyone can, can do that and use that. Yeah. Wow. I never thought about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've already talked about what's inspired you to um, study mental health. So what kind of things do you do at Propel Production Center? that are different from, you know, your average mental health facility? So traditionally with mental health facilities, they're focused on talk therapy. Mm -hmm. So you come in, you see a mental health professional, you talk about what's going on, they give you a diagnosis, and you set some treatment goals and you work on that. With Propel, we're a little bit different. We're workshop and classroom, well, not classroom, but classes and workshop based. Mm-hmm. And we focus on arts okay. to talk about the mental health. Um, again, earlier I said that a lot of communities of color aren't super duper interested in running towards mental health treatment. So instead, we offer classes like culinary classes or dance okay. classes, or we might work on social media stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, painting, gardening, and while we're doing those things, we're going to be talking about anxiety, we're going to be talking about anger, we're going to be talking about stress, and we want to provide a very warm, very welcoming environment, help people become a little bit more vulnerable because they're focused on the task or they're focused on the activity or they're learning something new. Right. And by doing that, their guard is a little bit down and they're a little bit more open to engaging in difficult conversations and topics. Now, we also do have talk therapy. You know, if someone wants to come out of class and say, you know what, I really want a deeper understanding on this, or I'm really grasping and struggling with that, we do have teletherapy available for them. Oh, that's good. And there's some people that don't want that, and we have the Smash Room available too. I so know. We- I want to try that so bad. Where? Let us know where are you located right now. So right now we're in Temple Hills, Maryland. So not far away from DC. We're in Prince George's County, Maryland. But we also provide mobile um, Smash Room opportunities oh, as well. That's so awesome. We'll come to you if we can get to you. Yeah. But- the people get to come in, they put on protective equipment. We have appliances, we have electronics, we have glassware available. So when they put on their protective equipment and they choose their, their, their weapon, their mechanism, they get to go in the room, we crank up the music, whatever they wanna to listen to, and they go in and they destroy stuff. And I think that it's a very full body 
mm-hmm. cathartic release. Right. Like there's been some people who yell in there. There's been some people that cry in there. You know, our body holds on to so much tension. So we would, we just want to give them a space and opportunity to vent and to, you know, dump and explore and express in a healthy and safe way. Yeah. And um, the arts do that too. Right. But the spectrum is just a little bit more physical for those of us who want that. Right. I would love to try that. Um, yeah, I'm too bad I'm a little far from you, but I would love to try that. I might have to just do that in my in my kitchen. Just grab something that's old and just like just go at it with a hammer and just to release all that stress and everything, especially physical stress that I that people endure when they're going through health issues. You know, your body might be stressed from, you know, medicines and or just going back and forth to the doctor. Um, yeah. I know I got in a color book, so I know arts does help with mental health. Um, I got an co- adult color book, and I color sometimes. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's just nice to like just do something that doesn't require me to think. You know, just I don't need to be stressed out about what color I'm about to use. You know, I just go ahead and color and you know read or you know or whatever I need to do just to kind of de-stress. So all right, so Lauren, for someone who doesn't live in in Maryland. What's something that we can purchase from your website or do to help me with my mental health? So that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Right now, um, in conjunction with our Smash Room, we've developed Rage in a Box toolkits. I know. So there's these kits that you get, and we have a bunch of different mind-body activities that you can do at home or at school or at the workplace. One of the items, well, from our winter box, because we have a spring box rolling out, but one item from our winter box was aromatherapy Play-Doh. So you can take it out, open up. It smells kind of woodsy. It's good for grounding techniques. So if you're on those Zoom calls and you've just had it up to here, right? Aromatherapy Play-Doh out and just play, smell it. (laughs) Yeah. We also have these record journals, and they're not regular journals with line paper. They are journals that have different prompts, like um, poke your pencil and create holes here, or jump on this journal, or color color um, violently on this journal. Oh, I love that. I like it. The high school students that we um, had do it, they liked it too. We also have a desktop punching bag in the assembly is all um, in it. So you can pump it up and screw it on and stick it on something. And at the end of the day or during a meeting, you know, just have it off to the side. This is so awesome. So we just wanted to create some type of kits to introduce mental health in just a fun and a vibrant, a unique way. Mental health doesn't have to look like traditional talk therapy mental health can look like hitting a punching bag or playing right. with Play-Doh or eating our lavender peppermint aromatherapy chocolate okay i'm gonna have to order some yeah oh my gosh you guys offer so much so do not let her location i know most of you if you're listening to this if you don't live in, in maryland oh this is amazing desktop punching bag are you kidding me i need that in my life in the play-doh the rage play-doh in a new journal. There's so many journals out there, but this journal is nothing like your regular journal. So make sure you get a journal. Yeah, I have a punch it back not too far away. 
You never know. I love that. So no more blessing people out with words. Use your punching bag. Use your Mm Play-Doh. I love that. I love that. So suicide, we're going to talk about something a little rough here that's prominent. Suicide is in the top 10 causes of deaths in the United States. What are some tactics that you can share to help someone through depression and overcome suicidal thoughts? Yeah, that is a very heavy question, but you're right. Suicide is very much here. And after the year, after 2020, there's been an increase in stress, an increase in depression, an increase in anxiety. Yes. I'm sure when the numbers get back, unfortunately, there'll be an increase in suicide or at least suicidal ideation. Right. So what I will say is if someone is experiencing that, to let them know that it is okay to seek help. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of crisis lines, national or local crisis lines available for you in that moment. So if you're, I'm talking like, if you're at a 10 out of 10 and you've you already have a plan, you already have the means, please reach out to somebody within that. And you can call the hotlines or you can text. There are some text hotlines too. Yes. We also have warm lines. So if you're not at that 10, but you still have thoughts, there's some warm lines that you can reach out to as well. And again, there's some that you can call and there's some that you can text to just oh, wow. let you know that you're experiencing some suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. So with my experience with that, if I am working with a client and we're in the same room together and there's some suicidal ideation, some suicidal thoughts, Mm -hmm. and if they left my office, they had the means at their home to execute whatever type of plan, I would try to um, see if they would be open or interested in going to a hospital voluntarily to stay and to talk to someone to talk through it. If you're not with me or if you're not with a mental health professional and it's just you and you're at home or you're alone, you're by yourself, wherever you are, please reach out to someone um, and let them know what's going on. It's quite all right because with the world that we're living in right now, Mm -hmm. stress is imminent, anxiety is high. Um, there's a lot going on that's outside of our control. Finances are at an all-time low. Yes. You know, stress is brand new. Jobs are requiring so much out of us. Right. So for you to get to that point, it's okay that you're there. I don't want anyone to feel any type of shame, any type right. of guilt, any type of um, scrutiny. Mm-hmm. But I do want to encourage them to be brave and to be vulnerable and to reach out to someone and say, I'm having some thoughts about suicide. Mm-hmm. And to be very frank, you know, just to be very candid, be very open, be very honest, because I guarantee you there's someone that is interested in someone that wants to hear what you have to say, someone that wants to take on the weight that you are experiencing, someone who wants you to vent to them. Yes. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of where I'm, yeah. where I'm at with that. <laughs> Made the mic fall on that one. <laughs> I felt it. Right. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. That's a, it's a heavy question. Um, like you said, 
Um, but the main thing is to seek help. And like you said, do not be ashamed of your, of your feelings. You know, if you're feeling depressed about something that happened or took place in your life, reach out to someone and just talk it through. Um, talking things through is, is, is something so simple, but it, it's, it's big. It can really help you. Um, and my last question was about that, get that scenario, just living in 2020, you're dealing with the COVID coronavirus pandemic, you know, in, income is low. Um, and people are losing, you know, pe you know, their homes as far as their parents. So if someone comes to you and they have, you know, grief of losing a loved one, what, it, what, what are your steps to help that person overcome that? Well, that, I know they can't have total, complete, you know, release of grieving someone all in one day, but what is your approach just, just in the beginning of, share, you know, um, of helping someone who's, over, who's lost a loved one? especially a parent? So I will say probably, like you said, there is no quick fix to grief. Right. But I do want to create a safe space for them to begin feeling like legitimately feel the feels. Yes. I know that when we're experiencing grief, and I experienced this last year during my miscarriage, so it's not the death of a husband or a parent, but it's still the death of something. Yeah. So there was a grief cycle. To kind of give yourself permission to be sad, to be angry, to be upset, to be disappointed without trying to rush through that. It's really important that we, in order to address the wound and to heal the wound, we have to see it, we have to clean it, we have to treat it before it can scars and that's a process. So I would definitely try to allow that individual to cry. Like I would I would legit assign homework. Yeah. Do not, do not suck up the tears. Do, right. not, do not try to change the subject. Yeah. But in moments like that, cry or in moments like that, yell or in moments like that, genuinely show up as your authentic self. Be vulnerable because yeah person that has passed was loved and out of respect for them and the relationship that you have it's important to feel the fullness of these emotions and experiences so crying yelling being upset being angry are definitely the first things I want to focus on okay. and I think it's really important because we're in a society where we're supposed to be strong and we're supposed to move and operate as if nothing's wrong right but that's so anti-mental health we have to be honest we have to be vulnerable we have to be raw we have yeah. to be authentic yeah. so in order to move towards healing the first step is to feel so yeah. that would probably be my homework for a little while with that individual that's experiencing any type of grief yeah wow that's good it's feeling all the feels and I think that's one thing I had to do with my breast cancer. This is my second time around, but the first time I didn't really feel the feels. I was just kind of going through the motions and just mm -hmm. like, it's a normal day, you know, from feeling down, I just stayed in the bed. Um, I didn't cry. I just slept, you know, I just kind of slept my problems away, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, and then this time around, I've definitely cried and felt all the feels and all the frustration and like I said, and now, you know, I might color or do some kind of art 
But one thing I do need to do is talk to a professional. You know, like you said, it's, it's good to talk things out. Um, so someone that's watching this right now, who's dealing with any kind of mental health um, occurrence, what, what can they do as far as after they felt all the feels, what is something I can do when I wake up the next morning? Like, you know, how do I get on with my day? Yeah, so I will say that um, the feel the feels will be an ongoing thing. So even if you wake up the next day and you still feeling those feels, then that's quite all right. There's okay. really no right or wrong way or okay. a very straight path to reach healing. Mm-hmm. But I will say to focus on practicing self-awareness, that'll probably be the next thing. So just kind of acknowledging like, you know what? I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? This thing really impacted me. Yeah. This thing is making me feel really uncomfortable. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm not able to regulate my emotions. I'm not able to just shrug it off. Like it's no big deal because it is, it is a big deal. So if you notice those things within yourself and you notice that the feelings are disrupting and impacting you at a day-to-day basis, Definitely reaching out either to your primary care provider and letting them know that you would like a mental health referral or visiting a couple of websites. And there's three websites that I personally recommend that you go to. Okay. One. Pen and paper. Oh, yeah. Get your pen and paper. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. One is therapy for Black men. So, I mean, also. I would say any man of color, if you're interested in therapy or therapeutic services that are just for you, Mm -hmm. therapy for black men. The next one is melanin and mental health. So melanin and mental health is kind of like a directory. So you're able to enter, um, they have a couple different filters. So you're able to enter one where you are. Okay. uh, your gender preference, you know, if you want to speak to somebody who has the same religious beliefs as you or not, then that's fine. Um, And if there's a specific topic that you want to focus on, like if there is breast cancer or miscarriage or depression or suicide or whatever, those are things. Yeah, that's a good one. And then the last one is therapy for Black girls which is similar for therapy for black men, but therapy for black girls. Um, Just because I'm a big advocate for culturally competent therapists. Yes. It's important, you know, no shit, white therapists. They have the same degrees as us. But like I said earlier, how social injustice and there's the black experience that can impact trauma and mental health. You just want somebody that has the cultural competency that gets it. And you don't have to say therapy session explaining right. what it means to be a black woman and how the blackness right. impacts you exactly or what it means to to live in who to grow up without a father in a home a single mm-hmm. mom you know who you know who or grow up in poverty you know or yeah. in the projects I you know I don't want to sit here and explain to you what the projects is but <laughs> right so yeah I get that so I guarantee you, if you don't want to go the um, piece, the primary care route, and you just want to go online and look to see to find somebody, 
to go on those websites and you schedule a consultation. Mm -hmm. The consultation should be free. Um, and you can see which, which therapists are cash pay versus which therapists are insurance based. But you schedule that consultation with them and you ask them a couple of questions. You get the vibe, you get the energy, you see like, can I open up to them? Is this gonna be a good working relationship? Mm -hmm. And if it is, then cool, book your next appointment and do your assessment. But if not, that's okay. Schedule another consultation right. with someone else. Right. You know? So it definitely needs to be a match. But I will say that it's so, so, I encourage everyone, every single listener right now, if you have not had a mental health assessment this year, you haven't done a mental health assessment in God knows how long or if ever, please right. schedule a mental health assessment. Just yes. talk to someone. Just like you do your physical, just like you do your eye exam, your ear, nose, and throat. Mm -hmm. Go to a mental health profession and talk about what's going on. Okay. So when you say mental health assessment, that's just going to a professional and just basically just saying, just talking about everything, everything that's that's been bothering you. Okay. Yeah. Either your first or second session with your um, mental health professional should be a biopsychosocial assessment. And that is essentially you telling mm -hmm. them everything that's going on with you. It'll probably take about an hour, but it's just an opportunity for you to vent and let them know what's going on, what's been stressful for you, what yeah. are some areas or concerns you want to work on or you want to learn. We all have New Year's resolutions. Right. So what are some goals you're interested on? What are your barriers? And by working with the mental health professional, they'll help you see patterns within yourself. Mm -hmm. Some some behavioral changes that might need to be addressed. Right. You know, talk about how old stuff shows up in the present. If you don't deal with it, your mind will be blown. Yes. Within the mental health sessions. So, yeah. I need to do that. I, um, I did a mental health assessment back in June, but because I wasn't my, she was great, but she wasn't a match. You know, I didn't see myself in her, if you know what I mean. Um, we just have a different background. So it, it just, I couldn't really, I don't know. It, I vented, but I didn't really feel no connection with her. I don't know. I just didn't feel like she would understand me. If that makes sense. So I just, I didn't go back. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of looking for someone else that, that matches me. So I'm definitely going to go to one of those um, websites that you gave and find someone that I'm a match with. And so I can do these uh, mental health assessments more often. Um, and good for you for like being that self-aware and acknowledging like, you know what, it's not a good match. Because yeah. sometimes we stay with, either doctors like on the physical space or in the mental health space and we don't really fully trust them or don't feel like we can be completely vulnerable or honest right so good for you i'm really that's that's a big Thank deal you. to be like mm, nah. yeah <laughs> yeah because i think that causes a little bit of stress because here you are you're going to your session you're like uh, i'm not really feeling it and i mean are you really releasing if you're not feeling that connection with the with the counselor if you're not a match with them you're not really fully releasing. No. So if anything, you're just causing more problems for yourself because you have that little anxiety about they're not going to understand me, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Girl, you so, you're so right. <laughs> I think that you just said yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, this and was so helpful. Huh? Oh, no, I was saying that that that's yeah. not a um, not just a you thing. That's happened to me, too. On oh, both really? as oh. a as a goer to therapy, but also as a giver, like in as a clinician, sometimes it's just not a good match. Yeah. So you're not alone with that. So if you're listening and you go onto the websites and it's not a good match with you, that's okay. Right. You're not with everybody. You know, think of it as like a puzzle piece. The puzzle piece doesn't fit in every single slot. You just grab right. the move. It's I love that. That makes sense. I love that. Um, this has been so eye-opening. Um, I've learned that mental health is not just depression. It's on a, a, a scale of from small to sadness to, um, uh, you know, being upset about something all the way up to, I don't know, bipolar. You know, it's a scale of things. It's not just isolated to being just depression and that's mental health being or suicidal, that's mental health being. So I've definitely learned that. And then mental health, we have to treat it as like our physical health. You know, we have mm -hmm. to get our checkups. We have to see what's going on up there. And then also, I learned that, you know, mental health, We yes, we can talk things out. That's very important. But there's also other things that we can do, such as your smash room. Go ahead and yell and scream. Let it out. Feel, feel all the feels, like you said. Mm -hmm. or, um, or we can do some artwork. So I've learned so much from this. And I, I appreciate you, Lauren, just coming on here and educating all of us on mental health. It's, it's very important. And I have to say again that this community, our community, there's a stigma on mental health that, you know, you're, you're weird or you're crazy if you seek out help. And that's not the case. Right. Seek and, and talk to someone. We gave three websites, Therapy for Black Men, Melanin and Mental Health, and then Therapy for Black Girls. So go to one of those sites and get started on your mental health assessment. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to add to the conversation? Or share with our viewers just <laughs> having this conversation i yeah. really appreciate it and i'm always available to talk to you more if we ever did get into some cultural stuff or yeah. any other thing under the sun so thank you for using your platform to talk about mental health yes yes of course it's 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 important and um you know i'm not here just to talk about breast cancer i'm here just to talk about you know, what women of color are dealing with on a daily basis. And we just have that stigma on a strong black woman. You know, you got to be her. You got to do it. Don't, you can't, you don't have time to sit and think about all the feelings that you're, you're feeling, but that's not the case. So you have to stop and slow down and think about us. And that's what this um, platform is all about is being heard and thinking about ourselves and healing. So thank you so much for being here. And like Lauren says, there's no health without mental health. Be encouraged. Love. Farewell. Bye-bye.